Hi, this is Alina Kanner and Megan Barrington, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all things health, wellness, and fitness. We are two certified athletic trainers who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas, and we wanted to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge. Today on the podcast, we welcome Chris Reed. Chris Reed is a certified athletic trainer, just like Megan and I. He's also CSCS, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, FMS, which is a functional movement specialist, and he's also a personal trainer. He is the vice president of program design at Tatum Human Performance, and he's currently working in Arizona. Chris completed his master's degree in athletic training at the University of Arkansas. He was one year under us in the program, and that is where Megan really connected with him when they worked University of Arkansas football together. Recently, we had the opportunity to interview Chris's wife, Stephanie Reed, and these two are a total power couple. From nutrition to movement to strength and conditioning, they really know it all. We're really excited to welcome Chris onto the podcast today to discuss movement, business, and how he has used his athletic training in a unique setting where he has merged it with strength and conditioning. Hey, Chris, welcome to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. We are so happy to have you on today. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm just super pumped to talk to you about um, our similarities and what we've been doing. Um, but I want you to give me a little bit of background on your, 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 your background. Just tell me about yourself and how you got into you know, what you're doing now. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll go back to high schools where I normally start when I tell people kind of about what I do. Um, you can go back even further. I mean, really it's more about, um, you know, like loving sport and playing all different sports growing up and growing up, you know, pretty small and all that. But really I got interested in like the body, um, once I got to high school. So that's where my story kind of really starts. Um, so I took an anatomy class senior year of high school and it was just like super interesting to me. Um, seeing kind of you know the gross anatomy and i mean it was entry level senior year of high school like nothing crazy but it was enough to captivate my interest to where when i went to the university of illinois for undergrad um i went in as a general studies major because i didn't really know what i wanted to do had really no idea i wasn't really that good at math wasn't really that good at anything else um and so when i get to illinois i took a kines class and it was more like kinesiology like a weed out class um so it was like going over bioenergetics and some of the stuff that's a little more high level for freshmen that like, if you can get this, you know, you can probably continue on this process, um, you know, defining the chems and the different stuff. So um, took Chem 115, it was <clears throat> kind of like an extension of that anatomy class, right? So we went a lot deeper of a dive. I started to understand things that were, you know, be going on in my life from, you know, just previous years, like connecting the dots, right? And then through that time, I was like, okay, I think I want to do kines. I don't know what I want to do with that, but the body interests me. And so went through the whole kines, you know, program and junior year, um, you know, still loved sports. I wanted to do something with sport and then kind of got, or sorry, I should say sophomore year, kind of got into athletic training, like figured out what that was. Um, and it turned out that I was already like too far along to transfer to another school and get an undergrad degree in it, you know, it would have taken just as long. So junior year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go fully into athletic training. Um, you know, started working for the Illinois football team. That was a lot of fun. Got into Arkansas, which is where I met, you know, you and Megan, yeah. um, did the athletic training masters there, which was awesome. Got experience in, you know, high level SEC football, um, track and field, um, high school sports, you know, baseball, everything. So, um, it was a good, you know, well-rounded variety. Um, and then that led me to the bears where, so I did a, internship with the Bears over, you know, the summer between year one and two. Um, and then I went to um, a full like season long internship after that, uh, which is a lot of fun. Like I learned a lot, but I learned more about operations management <laughs> than I did about athletic training. Yeah. And I realized like at that time, you know, the Bears was a lot of fun, but I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to do the college grind. And, you know, because Typically from there as an intern, you go to, they'll help you go and maybe go back to Arkansas and become like a assistant AT and then you work right. away from the NFL, right? But I just didn't really, I didn't, wasn't in love with it. And I sort of found at that point in my life that I didn't really like taking an athlete 
who was injured from like, you know, we'll call it 50% back to 100. I was more interested in figuring out ways to take an athlete that's at 100% and make them better than that and go from there. So um, me and my wife now, but um, fiance at the time, decided we were going to move to Arizona after I was done with the Bears. We move out to Scottsdale, or sorry, Phoenix. Um, I work in Scottsdale, but I didn't have a job or anything as we decided we were going to move. So I started this company called Advantage Training, um, and then we have recently split and started our own thing um, called Tatum Human Performance. Um, but it uses a lot of the same principles of as of, of athletic training, I should say. Um, but it pairs it with strength and conditioning. So we look at movement from a whole. Um, you know, everybody gets assessed before they get any type of personal training plan made for them. We take a look at their goals, where they are right now, where they want to be. You know, so it goes, it's a lot more than just like, oh, I want to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. It's I want to feel better. I want to be able to run around with my grandkids. I want to be able to hike that mountain. I want to be able to do any of that. And, you know, be able to do it, you know, full force and not have to worry about being sore the next day, my back flaring up, that type of stuff. So that's kind of my path to where I've been over the last like eight years. I know it's kind of a long story, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's where, that's where it's at. No, it's pretty awesome. I wish Megan was able to be with us today, but I wore uh, this sweatshirt that I got with her. Um, but <laughs> because I think both Megan and I and you all have the same kind of viewpoint on athletic training. Mm -hmm. And I know with what I'm doing, it's very similar to what you're doing. So it's really cool for me to actually talk to you about it and how you've been able to merge athletic training with the strength and conditioning world. Because like, to me, it's a spectrum. Like you come in, you're injured, and then you get them feeling a little bit better. You get them you know, continuously moving, um, getting different ranges of motion and then getting control in those ranges of motion. And then eventually like you don't just leave it at that, which I think sometimes when you're working for a high professional like level team, mm -hmm. they need to get to play. Like now you're just releasing them. They're playing, but they, and you're, or you're giving them to strength and conditioning and they're doing their job where it's like kind of nice to be able to do the full spectrum and now like actually get, you know, your clients to really feel better and move better and see if you could push them harder every time and really yeah. follow the journey. Um, but yeah, what you established is awesome. So why did you guys choose Arizona? Um, so that's an interesting one. We were basically sitting in our apartment in Chicago and it was February. Yeah, February. So it was probably like 16 degrees out. I remember I was just about to go to the gym before going to the school. I was working at a high school at the time. And we were just like talking about how crappy the weather was. And um, my wife's parents, they would come here basically every year for like spring training and stuff would go with them. Um, and you know, she had always loved it. I had only been to Arizona once. It was with the Bears that previous year. Uh, we had a preseason game here, and it was for like, like ten minutes. Probably yeah. you were there. <laughs> we got there at night, and it was like ninety-nine degrees. When we were like unpacking the truck, and I was like, "This is awful." <laughs> um, but no, and then um, you know, to be honest, she was just like, "It's really great there." And we started what what tipped it in my mind, and this is. Nothing to do with anything, but tipped in my mind was I was looking at the place I was living in, and we looked at what we could get for cheaper yeah. in Arizona, and I was like, okay, there might be something to this. And then we started just talking about it, um, and we realized like Chicago just was not the spot for us. Um, like we're not big city people, and Phoenix is a huge city, but it's more just a giant suburbia, which we fit in a little bit better. <laughs> um, yeah. But and then with, with fitness and all that, I didn't know what I was going to want to do, but like the landscape out here is so much, I wouldn't say it's bigger than Chicago, but there's a lot more to do out here in the fitness, you know, landscape. Yeah. Um, so I knew I would find something and kind of carve out my own path. It's hard in a city to like make it work. Just the spaces for the gyms just aren't that big. And then when you're in an environment where you have more space, you could mm -hmm. get more money like you for what you pay for. Um, yeah. For rent for a facility, it's, it's it's much better off to be in a you know bigger environment. Yeah, and we're sure. going through all that right now because we're starting um, right now. We're actually leasing space. I'm not sure if you're familiar with OPEX, another big in the CrossFit. Yeah. Um, so James Fitzgerald, the original OPEX, OPEX or sorry, original CrossFit champion in 2007, he owns OPEX, and um, they have a big headquarters out here. Um, in Scottsdale and James and my boss, Spencer, um, you know, James used to train Spencer so they go way back. So we're basically right now leasing space from them. So we work out at an OPEX and we have all of our clients doing some private sessions and all that. 
Gotcha. Um, but we're going through the same thing and we're hopefully finding our space soon, but you know, where it's a lot easier in like an industrial area um, where we have like a little air park, airport kind of area. And a lot of that, the rent is so much cheaper. The ceilings are higher. You yeah. can bang down weights and it's just you know a lot better than being in like a strip mall where your neighbors are <laughs> not so happy with that. It definitely, definitely. Cause I'm in the city and I, I have the same type of struggle. It's very hard to find a place that you can like, drop some weights on the ground it's, a, right. it's tough um yeah, I, I noise. it's a lot of a lot of times like the vibration you know that they can bring through the other your neighbor's uh you know just walls and it's just a big problem yeah definitely um i knew you met megan at football that was your first year as yeah. an athletic trainer athletic training student and then did you when did you do track and field so let's see if i can think back i did Semester one, year one was football. Semester two, year one was Fayetteville High School. And then oh, okay. I, did, I did girl or women's cross country track in fall semester of year two. Okay. So Mark and, um, and yeah, I mean, that was a lot of fun. And that actually like opened my eyes to a lot more stuff because Mark was just so smart <laughs> and Mark kind of combines all the stuff that I you know I'm into now where it's like he was never just looking at like one part of the body it was always it was runners like you know you gotta find the actual issue because they're taking so many steps over and over and over that little tiny miscue you know it festers and it becomes some big issue um, so that's when I started to really think about it because obviously you've been in football training rooms you've been in you know a ton of different settings and a lot of people just think like okay elbow hurts go to elbow and it's like no like like elbow hurts it could be like the hip not coming through and now you're just putting so much stress on the elbow because you're throwing athlete or it could be your t-spine doesn't move at all like and so that's been like my biggest change in how I view really athletic training but really just like optimizing human performance like it's yeah you know, everybody has a different optimal in their mind. For some people, it's their sport. You know, I work with marathon runners. I work with um, people who are weightlifters. I work with people who just want to, you know, get more out of life every day. So a lot of it boils down to the same concepts, though. It's like, where's the link in the chain that's weak? And how do we fix that? And then how do we get, you know, the client or whoever you're working with to, like, understand that link so it doesn't just continue to happen? Because, like, that's a big thing in our industry is, like, like trust. Um, you know, it's huge. Oh my God. I feel like it's all psychology and trust. It always goes back to that. Mm -hmm. And it's all what you say to them too. Like sometimes I hear practitioners say certain things and I'm just like, I probably wouldn't say it that way. I would say it in a way that is a little more, um, like compassionate because people can like, it can mm -hmm. overflow in somebody's head. Well, so yeah. then you got to think about it kind of in where they're at. They're at this point where basically you know, nothing's gone right for them or they've been dealing with this problem for so long that they're willing to, you know, go to different areas of expertise. And um, a lot of times it's not really a tough issue to deal with. It's just getting them to see it. And that was another thing that like athletic training school didn't really prepare me for, but I kind of was able to spin. It was like the selling standpoint. So like I'm in direct sales, right? I have to sell, you know, people on personal training memberships and stuff like that. But in reality, like every athletic trainer, every personal trainer, every, every person in any really early, any business is a salesman. Like you have to yeah. sell your ideas. And that's like been the biggest change. One of the bigger changes for me outside of how I look at the body and all that is just like figuring out how to convey ideas to people to where it clicks, they can connect the dots right away and they can see the value in what, you know, you and I can bring to the table. It's uh, honestly, that was the hardest part. Cause I started at, um, a more globo gym. It's called Equinox in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest part for me was the sales. Like I could communicate and I could just somebody watching my training, they'd be like, Oh, that she's great. She knows what she's doing, but uh, verbalizing, um, what I need from this person and why the importance of the training and why it matters for their long-term health. Sometimes that's hard if the person is uh, stuck in their ways, stuck in their patterns. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. What uh, client-wise, like who's your favorite, what's your favorite type of client to train? And then what do you most likely, like what, what kind of people usually flock towards you? So I'll start with the second part of that question first. Um, so the, the usual client we've been getting recently is people in rotation-based sports. 
Um, and that, I mean, that's very broad, <laughs> but we, yeah. the training that my boss, Spencer Tatum, um, has kind of created and you know, taken me through his process um, is really, really good for laying a foundation to be resilient to rotation because like out here in Scottsdale, the, like golf is huge, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of golfers, you get a lot of baseball players, you get a lot of tennis players. So right, there's three single side dominant rotations, right? So everybody's good at rotating one way and everybody's never rotated the other way, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's, I work with, you know, different chiropractors and different people in different professions. And a lot of them have said like swinging a driver, like 125 miles an hour is really not good for the back if you're not like able to protect yourself because you're dealing with so many huge forces. Um, and you know, a lot of people, if they don't have mobility in the T-spine or through the shoulder or whatever, they're going to end up, you know, turning through the lumbar and then you get your back pain, you get your hips messed up, right? So, so what we found is, and where the market's kind of pushing us towards now is really like golfers, tennis players, anyone in a rotation-based sport is kind of a bread and butter because we can get them to be a lot more resilient to the same action that they have to do over and over and over again. And I mean, that could be like, so Spencer, my boss, he's, um, he's like a top 50 like golf digest rankings, like a top 50 golf trainer. Wow. With like the TPI guys. So he works with a lot of like pro guys. So he works with um, John Rahm, Brandon Harkins, Brandon Hagee, so a bunch of PGA pros. I mean, there's, you know, that list goes on. Um, but, you know, even down, you know, as the training kind of trickles down, I work with a lot of just scratch golfers who just are golfers who want to just get more out of their, you know, playing on the weekends, that type of stuff. So really that's the person we'll see a lot. But um, we do see a little bit of everything. Like that's where our training has been kind of the best for. But we see, um, you know, people from really all walks of life um, because we can train for anybody. The way we do it, and I know FMS gets a lot of hate, but the way we use the FMS is just to classify and kind of take a broad picture look. And then it's more for us to communicate. So we, you know, we'll take them through an FMS, kind of understand what's going on. And then that way, you know, whether I'm training someone, my partner's training someone, my boss is training someone, it can be the same person. We can all train that person and speak the same yeah. language because we all know, you know, what's going on. So, um, so really we get people from all walks of life lately. It's been rotation, but, um, the favorite client for me to train, I would say is really anyone who is interested in understanding why, um, because you know, the person who just like follows orders and is just going to do it and do it, that's great. But like the more investment I get from the client, the more we both get out of it, because that makes me want to like, you know, they'll have a question that's like, Oh wait, I don't, I don't have the answer to that, but like, I'll get it for you. Like, don't worry. And then I get yeah. it. Right. Um, so really I would say my favorite client is just someone who's like more interested in, you know, not just I want to lift or I want to bench 350. It's more I want to understand how to get more power out of my entire body and apply it to my sport. And I'm interested in like the how we got there and connecting the dots and the why because that just makes me a better practitioner. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I totally agree with you on that. I love getting questions and and kind of not knowing and then being like, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm going to do the research and I'll let you know next time. And that there's something um, that shows about that person's character instead of just saying anything you know so that to me shows that like you're constantly trying to learn and i think that i mean growth is important it's huge um so you were just talking about the fms i know what it is because i've done it way too many times um (laughs) but can you give our listeners just a little bit of a overview on what the fms uh screening system is and how you would do it yeah, for sure. So um, the FMS is the functional movement screen. Um, it's created by Greg Cook. Um, it's basically the way we use it is it's a way for us to classify our people um, to make sure that we're not just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks, right? So it gets them, um, it kind of takes our exercise library of, you know, 5,000, right? And it shrinks it down to like, okay, we don't need to worry about these right now because either they're not ready, it's not necessary for them yet. We're not, you know, we're just not at that point. And we can kind of really shrink our library down to make sure that every exercise we're choosing actually has, you know, impact. It moves the needle, right? So the FMS is a series of seven tests. Um, kind of starts, you know, the first three are more multi-joint tests. So you're doing like a deep squat with an overhead, you know, a bar overhead, um, not a barbell, but, you know, something light. Um, and then you're doing kind of a hurdle step, looking at your balance. You're doing an inline lunge, looking at, you know, acceleration, deceleration. 
Um, and then you kind of break it down. So you go look at, you know, just your shoulder mobility, you look at your lower body mobility, and then you kind of look at stability from a, you know, upper body, lower body standpoint, and then also a right and left side, upper body, lower body. So for us, you know, across those seven tests, we can typically identify like what the main player is that we need to fix now and then what, you know, we can kind of not put off, but we can focus on fixing other stuff later. So, um, you know, for instance, if someone's shoulder mobility is bad and so is their lower body mobility, um, you know, that's going to be what we tackle first because there's no reason to really get into stability exercises overhead if you can't actually get overhead, right? So um, it, it does that for us. It gives us kind of a classification system. It allows us to put them on the right track and then we can kind of customize from there. And then the other thing it does, I mentioned it a little bit earlier is obviously we have, you know, it's not just me. It's not just Spencer. We have, you know, multiple trainers who work here and we're, we're continuing to grow and grow and grow. Um, and so the idea is that, you know, we have Sue, some random lady, right. Who is maybe a, we'll classify her, classify her as like a seven, six, which means she has like stability problems. Like she has all the mobility in the world, but can't stabilize. Right. So, you know, maybe I did Sue's FMS and I wrote some notes on her. Right. But maybe, you know, one of my partners is going to take her through the first workout and never met Sue. Right. We have the ability now to look at that FMS and get a picture of, okay, I, I know she's going to dump her hips forward when she tries to squat. I know she probably can't hinge very well. You know, and that's already in our head before we ever meet the person. And then, you know, you start taking them through movement and you start to actually see what's kind of going on. Um, so it really gives us a way to communicate to where, you know, because one of the biggest problems with personal training, especially in like a global gym, like, you know, that you were talking about is, you know, you go to like LA fitness or something and you work with Mike and Mike has great training, but Mike's not there one day because he's sick or he's on vacation and they shift you off to whatever Chris and Chris's programming is totally different. You can't even read Mike's programming. So like, <laughs> you just like have no idea, right? All the abbreviations are different. So really the FMS gives us a way to classify the people and it also gives us a way to kind of speak our own language, um, but speak the same. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's actually kind of interesting because to me, the FMS is, it's really should be looked at almost as like a branch of rehab or screening, screening, right? And we, our rehab class in uh, Arkansas was quite interesting. I feel like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what I took out of it, but I know I love rehab. Um, to me, like one of the things I always say is training is rehab and rehab is training. Yeah. So it should be looked at as that it's the same thing. Um, and I'm just talking about strictly how you are working with the person, movement, mm -hmm. mobility, etc. cetera. Um, but I think that's, it's an amazing screening tool. And then you can kind of be like, okay, now let's train or let's do rehab. Or like I just said, they're the same thing. So, um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Like when you have somebody that comes in with an injury, um, you have a background as a certified athletic trainer, which is a health professional. We both have the same um, certification. How do you think that helps you um, over other trainers? Because somebody just has a normal, let's say NASM uh, mm -hmm. certification. What's really the difference between being a certified athletic trainer and having a, a personal training certification? And why do you think that makes you uh, more marketable? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So, I mean, with me for being a, you know, an ATC, where it's helped me the most is, like you said, the rehab class was interesting, right? <laughs> what I got the most out of kind of being an ATC is kind of actually like being able to be down and dirty with the anatomy and understand kind of origin insertion action, the nerve that comes there, right? And understand the full body at once, you know, and even if I came out of school not really knowing what to do with that information, now as I'm kind of looking at the body as a whole and understanding how things work together from a gross level, it's a lot easier to understand kind of, you know, the muscles and tendons and how they work together. But for me, um, one thing it gives me right away is just instant credibility. Um, and like, so I'll say, you know, oh, I'm an athletic trainer. And then, you know, someone might you know, say, oh, like, what's that? Or, you know, where have you worked, whatever. And then I can easily drop NFL and all that, right? And as, as like, weird as that sounds, you know, trying to, like, drop that, like, what does that even mean? Because I told you, like, in the NFL, I didn't really learn much about athletic training, but I, I learned more about, like, game operations and making sure everything is there. Um, but you know, for a lot of people in this industry, 
you know, saying one thing about that, you know, or I've worked with this big level team or I work with, you know, this, that gives you some credibility right away. So if we're talking sales, like right away, they're like, okay, I think I'm with the right person, right? And then, you know, I've really learned more um, kind of just about how everything is interconnected. So I'm, I'm better able to explain it. You know, so if you just have like NASM and you're just, you're more coached on like sets and reps and you kind of have an idea of the anatomy, the second someone comes off of that straight and narrow path and it's like, oh, my hip hurts. And it's like, but it's just the right side. It's just when I do this. And it's like, if you're not prepared for that question and you're, and this is the first time they're meeting you, like your credibility kind of goes, right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, going back to the FMS, why we use it is because it gives us something that they can go through that they could feel right then right there and then we can correct it right then and there so like we have some instant corrections um you know for we'll just take active straight leg raise so that's one of the fms tests right and it basically just looks at lower body mobility so can you be on your back can you actively raise your leg past a certain point and a lot of people say you know oh my hamstrings are just so tight like i just I've never been able to touch my toes. Like I can't do it. And I'm like, for most people, like 85 to 90%, like, no, your hamstrings are not tight. <laughs> like you just have no control over your hips. You don't know how to hinge. Right. And so the, the thing is, is like people who think their hamstrings are tight, their hips are shifted forward. So their hamstrings are just on a stretch always. And you can't stretch things that are on a stretch. Like it's just not possible. Um, and oh so, man, I could go on about this so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things, but I mean, going back to kind of the sales and all that, right. I've got one of the easiest ways to do it. We have a toe touch progression that basically all we do is put people's toes up, you know, so we're shifting their center mass back and it teaches them kind of how to hinge. But it's reason it teaches them how to hinge is because if they don't hinge, they fall over, you know, so we'll put toes up and they'll put toes down. So your, your center mass is going really far forward. And if you don't hinge back, you're going to fall on your face. And so a lot of times people, once they learn how to hinge or learn how to actually pattern the right way, then they'll go from, you know, getting mid shin to actually touching their toes. And right then, now they're going to believe everything you say, <laughs> right? Because it's like, you took a simple thing like, uh, oh yeah, my hamstrings are so tight and you just figured it out. Like, no, it's not your hamstrings. It's just that you don't know how to put your hips in the right position and lock down your core to actually express what you have. Right. And so that's going back to kind of your original question. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but um, going back to your original question, about that is my ATC certification has given me a broad look at the body as a whole so I can understand how the hips work in conjunction with the hamstrings and with the rest of the body and how a hinge is supposed to look versus a squat versus all these different things um, and how to put that all together to get the client where they need to be the fastest. Spencer has a saying where it's like you might, you know, you and the person who is, you know, a world-renowned expert on the same topic, you might know similar to the same amount of information. It's just the expert can get that person where they need to be a lot faster, right? Yeah. Having the ATC certification, understanding all that has helped speed up, you know, getting that person where they need to be. Like, like I always say, it's just about moving the needle, right? You might be able to do 10 things that all get you to the one spot you want to be, but if you could do three things that get you there and it's the same effect, then what's the, you know, why would you do 10 things? A hundred percent. I literally could not agree more. And people that are stretching your hamstrings, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. It's you don't stretch your hamstrings, just do RDLs. <laughs> Seriously. Or, or like some glute bridges, like get the, oh man. And get some posterior pelvic tilt in there. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't, are gonna be like, don't get me started on the glutes. Oh my God. People are going to be like, what are these two talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, it's a big thing and people always feel that their hamstrings are um, tight, but your nervous system feels tight in that area. You are not tight. <laughs> yeah. You're just not. Your nervous system is telling you you're tight. Yeah. So, oh man. That's, we, that's another thing. I'm glad you mentioned that actually. Um, so like I said, I work for THP, Tating Room Performance, and one of the things we're doing is we're trying to bring training kind of make it like full circle and go like full, you know, put it into your full life. Right. So yeah. I see these people, you know, a lot of them have three sessions a week with me, right. That's just like the package they have. Um, so I'll see them for like three hours a week, which is great, but I'm also seeing, you know, like I'll see, we have seven private sessions. So I'll see three people at a time. So you're getting divided attention, but we're still able to accomplish the same goal, but to truly change habits and change your lifestyle. Like we're not just thinking about training. Like we're thinking about, 
you know, how you're sleeping, how's your diet and not just how's your diet is the right diet for you. Um, you know, how's your stress level? You mentioned your, your nervous system and all that. And we out here in Scottsdale, we have a ton and I'm sure, you know, where you're at in the Northeast, it's the same way. We have a ton of just high strung executives that are, they come in here super just wound up and it's like, dude, we need to get your breathing right before we even like try to do anything. They, you know, that's that. They're and probably so, coming to New York twice a week for a meeting and then they come <laughs> and train with you. And then you're wondering why they're so stressed. It's because they came from here. <laughs> on the plane for five hours. Yeah. But so that's the thing that we're, you know, we're really working on now is, okay, all of our people are going to get little tidbit videos, you know, five minutes here, just email to them about, you know, sleep, about stress, like little things they can do outside of the gym to help their experience in the gym and just help them optimize their human performance. Because that's, that's like the credo of our company. It's not like we're helping people get fit. It's like we're trying to optimize your human performance and make you the best version of yourself, whatever that is. And so that's been something we've been really trying to do. It's actually pretty cool. We'll take from our initial screen. We ask a bunch of questions about sleep, diet, lifestyle factors and stuff like that. And then that'll actually trigger tags. And so like we'll tag someone as like can't sleep through the night, sleeps, you know, five to six hours. Right. And so they get only the pertinent information gets delivered to their email. Um, And so it's just a way like we're (laughs) right now, we're like a two person company. There's some other people that, you know, do a lot of work for us. um, But really the, the engine is me and Spencer. And so we're trying to figure out ways while we're small to be creative and to bring you know, the content that people, you know, they're not going to search out themselves, just bring a little video content to them, you know, but make sure it's pertinent to them. So that's kind of what we've been doing, which has been a lot of fun. That's amazing. It sounds like your company is actually really in this process right now where it's about to really burst out and grow. That's what that sounds like to me because the other places are not doing things like that to target somebody and send them sleep information when they don't sleep well. That's amazing. That's, that's great. That's really... And that's the thing too, is like, it's so interactive that like you, and you know this, like you'll, what you, the person you need on day one is not the person you know on day 90 or whatever. And so like, it's all super simple. The way we have our system set up is just, you know, oh, one day we're talking in a session and you just mentioned something and it's easy for me to just boop tag, like, oh, like diet. And then just like gives them general diet information that you can kind of tailor it to them. And, and it makes that person realize like, okay, these people they're not just like after my dollar and want me to kind of just come in and sweat. You know, these people actually want me to become a better person. <laughs> yeah. so that's what we're really trying to do. Like actually care about like your lifestyle. It's not the people always think like, Oh, diet and exercise. And that's kind of grouped together, but it's lifestyle. It all has to be together. It's not, you can't just do those two things and think your whole life is going to get better. It doesn't work like that. Sleep, like making sure you're recovering. There's so mm-hmm. much to it. Regardless of if you're a professional athlete or not, you, everybody needs to recover their nervous system from time to time. Yeah. Um, and like, that's just one of the things it's, it's no one really thinks about that. And I really the, the grand scheme of things, like the system is totally broken, you know, like, the fitness information that's out there that you get like now it's just instagram models and yeah and like i think influencers can do a lot a lot of good and a lot of people if you follow the right people are putting out really great information but it's like the people who follow like squat university or something like that like i is like me and you right so like the people who truly need that content and need you know that they're following you know people who are doing these like weird workouts or high intensity workouts that like a lot of people just aren't ready for. And they're like, Oh, I saw this online and now I'm hurt. That's like, Oh God, like you don't have, you don't have a shoulder mobility at all. Position, <laughs> Like, why are you trying to snatch over head right now? Like you can't even like do a waiter walk. Like, what's going on? I know. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I, it's interesting too, because you always on those Instagram pages, you see so much high intensity training, like, mm-hmm our human body is not meant to do that much high intensity training 24 seven. You should not be doing hit every day. Like that's it. It just shouldn't happen. If you're going to do something every day, do 20 minutes of like a steady state cardio, like Mm -hmm. a zone two type situation where you're moving and whatever, get your 10,000 steps. I usually do rowing, but I mean, just to get that, that's going to promote recovery instead of hit, which breaks you down, breaks your nervous system down. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's sports too. Like I'm an Olympic weightlifter and 
it, I love the sport, but do I know that I'm doing it for my health or what? Like, no, I'm not doing Olympic weightlifting for my health. I'm doing it because I enjoy the sport, but I have to remember that. And so other people just don't realize that. They think that doing Olympic weightlifting, oh, it looks so cool. It's going to make them fit, but it doesn't really, it does not work like that. Right. And like, and I think like, I think um, now that I'm more exposed to CrossFit, like I'm working in a CrossFit gym, I'm seeing some of like, the like, top athletes. There's some really 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 high level crossfit people that are training at opex and um when i look at them move i'm like no wonder you're a top like athlete like first of all you're just an amazing condition that's great but also they've got amazing mobility amazing stability they're able to recover if they get out of it get into like a weird position right they're really resilient and it's like okay now we look at the average person that I see, like if they just jumped into that, like no wonder their the injury rates are skyrocketing and all that. It's like these people that are really, really good in the top 1% that you're like have all the following and all that, they can't be very applicable to the rest of the world because it's just like they have movement skills that a lot of people don't. I mean, like I don't, right? So yeah. I know that I don't, so I don't put myself in that position, right? And so that's, again, that's why we use the screen because if I started somebody out in their first six weeks and in their program, I have a bunch of overhead lifts and it turns out they can't even get their shoulder in that position. They're going to hate me and they're going to, their shoulder's going to hurt. They're going to have tendonitis or tendinosis or whatever you want to call it. And it's not going to go well. And then I lost them, you know? And so it's like, yeah. it's all about exercise selection and figuring out what actually, not, not only what works, but what is the best exercise for that position or that person that day. Yeah, definitely. If I, I know I have people tell me like, oh, I just want to try CrossFit. And I'm like, CrossFit is great. It's, it's a sport, but yeah. <laughs> why don't we just try like lifting weights in a way that works for you? Right. Because CrossFit might not work for you. Mm-hmm. So, and that goes for any sport. Like you can't just be, watch a swim, professional swimmer and be like, oh, I'm going to just do that. Like, do you have the motion in your shoulders? Because those swimmers got really lax shoulders. Uh-huh. But, oh, man, we could go on about this stuff all day. I love it. Um, okay, so in your setting, you're, you're just super unique because being an ATC in like the sports performance um, world, you get to kind of utilize what you've learned as an athletic trainer and what you've now learned through movement, mobility, um, just in your continuing education from – the bears and also just from working but what what would you say is one of your biggest uh coaching tools and what would you say you see uh most people need um all right let's see coaching tools so we can like we'll use an example actually from this morning from right before i popped on this podcast so like i have a guy who is very he's one of those high level executives he's very strung up he's very go 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 um and you know it finally caught up with him and so he came in today. He's like, dude, I'm a little messed up. I asked him about it, right? And it's, you know, his hip is hurting and his low back is hurting. And um, he kind of explained what it was. And I put him through some stuff, right? So to, to give you a, a kind of a picture, his program, he's pretty far along. So he's doing deadlifting. He's doing, you know, higher CNS type of movements where it's a lot of, a lot going on, right? And I think one of my biggest skills that I've had that, you know, being an ATC has kind of taught me is like adaptability and being being able to be versatile and give the person what they need right now. So like, you know, he comes in at 6am, I have a plan ready for him. I have it all set up. He's ready to go. And, you know, we go minute by minute, like rocking and rolling. And he comes in with that, that plan doesn't work anymore. Right. And again, like I just talked about it, like if you put someone who doesn't have mobility into something where they need it and they get hurt, now they don't trust you. Right. So we were able to, or this morning I was able to kind of adjust where he was at, still give him what he needs from a, like, I went to the gym standpoint, I feel good. You know, I got his you know heart rate up and all that, but I gave him, you know, through in mobility stuff through and different things that made him feel better and walk out of the gym feeling a lot better. Um, and so really the ability to just change on a fly, which, you know, in athletic training is huge, right? Yeah. You know, it's game day and, you know, someone goes down or now there's a person out and you just kind of like, respond right? yeah you and drop then, your gatorade and you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean like so it brings me back to when i was with the bears there was you know two guys got hurt on one play and it was also a timeout I, I go back to the story a lot um and so like the docs and my head at and you know one of the other assistants went to the one guy and no one saw a different guy whose shoulder had popped out and so it's like i'm just an intern 
Like, I'm not supposed to pop this guy's shoulder back in. I'm not supposed to do it anyway. But I like go over to him and like, you know, it was just me. I had to respond and you had to do something or else cameras are on him or whatever. And so he was able to basically just get it back in himself and, you know, you get him over or whatever. But that's the thing I'm talking about is like in a high stakes situation when it's game day, when the cameras are on, when it's the NFL, it's crazy. And you got to be able to respond. Now when, you know, John comes in and his hip hurts and I have to adjust his program. Like no sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. I have the stuff. I have the tools necessary. I'm still going to give this guy what he needs. So I think, you know, putting yourself out there and being in a very high pressure situation, um, you know, in terms of our, our work environment, like that's really helped prepare me. Um, and just being adaptable and being able to change on a fly. And, and again, it's understanding that person beforehand. Like, I know that guy's an FMS. I've been training with him now for a year. I know what makes him tick. I know, you know, everything about his training. So I'm able to do, you know, adjustments that are going to move the needle for him. And if someone else was working with him, they would have been able to do similar adjustments. That work the same way. And what was the second part of that question? I totally forgot. Um, what was the second part of that question? <laughs> Just go off. That's, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> no, you, I, I think you answered everything pretty much everything I asked. So that was, that was good. Um, what, let's see what you just talked about, like basically your coaching toolbox. That was what the question really was, which you just did. So that was great. Um, what is your favorite part about your job currently? That's a good question. Um, I'm having a lot of fun actually doing the non-training stuff, um, which is really interesting to me. Um, cause like I said, we're in a two person company I'm doing like, not really marketing, but like that content I was talking about, right? We're filming that. We're getting a lot of like stuff that we know about just out. And like, it's fun to chat and just talk about this stuff and talk shop and just like know that the videos that go out are going to help people understand and it's going to help them get more out of their training. Um, And then I'm also working on just like kind of building the business, right? So we have to make sure that all of our systems are in play to where, you know, let's say you started with us tomorrow we have a plan for you to go from just like a, a, a new client, right? Yeah. Here's where you're at, here's what you know, here's our system, learn this. And then, you know, we're going to get you training just like us, but you know, we allow our trainers to have, you know, their own flair on things, right? It's not, everybody has to do, you know, the same program. You have to train like us. You have to think like us. It's here's our principles we believe in. Here's why we believe in them. And then, you know, you can kind of go off and do what we need to do. Um, but I'd say, yeah, the favorite part of my job right now, outside of just working with clients and continuing to kind of get people, you know, where they need to go is building these systems, building a, a gym and a business kind of from the ground up. And I think that's something that athletic training school and most school in general don't really teach you about. It's kind of learning on the fly. Like I'm kind of getting a street business degree, I guess you could call it. I mean, I learned, I had to, when I came here, I had to learn how to sell. I had to learn how to market myself. I had to learn how to, you know, get content together and get it out to people who need it because like, that's just the time we're in. And so it's been frustrating at times when it's like something doesn't work, but you know, you learn from that and you kind of go forward. So that's been a really fun part. And then on the training side, the favorite part is when it's normally in the assessment um, or in the first couple of weeks when you get someone like we're all about like connecting the dots. So like when you get someone to connect the dots in their own head and you kind of see that light bulb go off and you're just like, I gotcha. <laughs> like you're the like, best. You're, you're a believer. Like we're going to do this now. This is great. Like I just needed you to get over that hurdle. And so it's great for me because a lot of it is being able to explain something really complex, you know, to them it might not be complex to us, but being able to, get it out to them where they understand it, they know how to apply it and they understand what that, you know, that hurdle is for them and getting them over it. So those two things are kind of the things that wake me up and keep me going every morning. Um, it's just been like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I can't agree more. Like when you see somebody like get out of pain or you see them like get something for the first time, it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, what part of your job do you say is the most challenging? Is it the business stuff? Because I mean, for me, that was, it was definitely the business side, but um, it's a, it's a growth. Like it takes time. But what- yeah, I mean, that can be challenging, um, especially because it's like when you look at yourself and you look at the company you work for and you like have so much pride in that and you're just like, man, I know we can help all these people. And it's just like, sometimes people just aren't in a position where they need, or can actually 
use that help right now. And so it's, that can be frustrating is just like, you know, having to trying to get your ideas across, trying to sell to somebody, trying to market yourself. And then if it's not working, it's just like, Oh my God, like what am I doing wrong? And like I said, you know, we weren't trained on that. We were trained to think just like an engineer, like, you know, this goes together, this works, this works, this works, um, you know, piece it all together. And it's, yeah spit on a product. Um, so I would say that is pretty challenging. Um, one of the challenging things that I actually like about my job, and it is a challenge, is you get the 45-year-old male who is, you know, stuck in his ways and wants to train really hard, but can't hinge to save his life, can't squat, has knee pain, and, and you're just like, it's always a challenge to, to reset the kind of the hardware upstairs. And I mean, That's it's tough. It's really tough to convince somebody, but it goes back to psychology. Right, exactly. Communication. And a lot of it too is, you know, they'll get frustrated because they've bent over the same way. I go back to hinging all the time because like no one can do it. Right? Yeah. Um, like, uh, so they've bent over the same way for 40 years or whatever. And now you're trying to like rewire the circuits upstairs to make their primary movement pattern, you know, the correct hinge where they're actually you know, sticking the butt back and going. Um, but I really love teaching the hinge and like we started at like base level zero. Like we're like, okay, no way. Like stick a piece of pipe on the back, like just keep those points of contact and then we'll put you in, you know, like touch the wall drills and different stuff. And we like build that hinge over time. And so I think like one of the most challenging things to do is to get someone who's comes from a gym standpoint and they've, you know, oh yeah, I can deadlift this and I can squat this. And I'm like, sure, the weight like comes off the floor, but like you're seeing me for a reason, like you're hurting, like you're obviously something's going wrong, right? But then getting them to go realize I need to change it, go back to, you know, the start point and then build it back up and then get them back to where they were. Like, obviously that's a really long process, but it's one of the most rewarding processes for yeah. me. Like a, a lot of trust goes into it and B, um, you know, just get to see someone like connect the dots along the way each time. And then when they're at their peak, they're just like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Like that's like the long game that a lot of trainers I feel like don't get to see or don't stick to, or they run out of like different things to do or ideas. And it just stinks that a lot of trainers can't get there. You know, it's like the turnover with personal training and even trainers in general is really a lot. So having like a good system in place really helps. I think a lot of times with what you were just saying with that turnover, it's like trainers are trying so hard to just be, uh, just give so many different types of movements to somebody. People yeah. don't need that much. It, it's simple. You need a couple of the same things and you build upon that. You don't mm -hmm. need to do all this, you know, jumping here. Jump, like, I mean, jumping is good. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I think people are just too, like, almost, they just, their selection is too much. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, just simplify it and get them really strong in those simple positions. Yeah. And, and that's, like, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, like if you follow Dr. John Russin, like uh -huh. we're similar to him in that we're looking at people's just fundamental movement patterns, right? So we're like trying to get them to push horizontally and push overhead, pull horizontally and pull overhead. Yep. And carry and hinge and squat and lunge and you're good. Like, and we just, the way we do it is we just change where the load is. You know, like we'll do a single arm, you know, kettlebell rack reverse lunge and then we'll do double arm and then we'll go overhead or whatever it's the same movement patterns over and over but it's just changing where the load is and sometimes yep. that's all you can do because that's all life throws at you they're simple movement patterns and they're fundamentals because they're existent in life yes and everybody needs them everyone yep. needs those <laughs> fundamental patterns we right. don't need all this other bullshit <laughs> and like a lot of it is just like if you can be really strong at those fundamental movement patterns and you can learn how to put them together like you can do a lot of good yeah <laughs> definitely that kind of goes back to just seeing like all the fancy stuff on instagram and all that stuff and it's just that has a place but that person probably worked on their fundamentals for like 10 years <laughs> right like no and one it, to do that. if they didn't they're in pain i promise you yeah. <laughs> i i'm seeing uh one of my clients is like uh very big Instagram influencer for, yeah. you know, so they have pain too, believe me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so since school, have you done any specific continuing education that you would like to talk about um, or anything that you're interested in doing? Um, uh, yeah. There's so much out there. Right. Yeah. The big two that I've done 
Uh, well, I've done three, three that have been big for me. One actually doesn't, I don't think it counts for CEUs, but it was really big for me. Um, so one was FMS and I needed that just because I needed it for work. Um, but Greg Cook and them, you know, and regardless of your thoughts on FMS, FMS gets a lot of bad rep or gets a bad rep for injury prediction because they try to go down that road. And I mean, that route, and it's just really hard to predict. You can't that. predict an injury. Yeah, yeah. It's really, I mean, like it, it's just tough. So that's where they get a lot of like negative press. Um, but again, we use it for something totally different. We use it as a classification system on the screen tool. Um, but they do a good job, even in their videos, of just piecing everything together and showing you why you know, these movement patterns are essential, why the screening is essential, what the screen shows you. And I think that's really good for trainers. It's like, it's like a couple hundred bucks or something, but it's a good investment not to get the FMS after your name. Like that's great and all, but really it's a good way to, you know, add value to your client. So if you are a personal trainer listening to this and you don't have any type of screening certification um, at all, just look into the FMS and and either either do it or start to create your own screen where like you're doing the same thing for different clients so you can start to recognize trends in the people that you're working with you can start to recognize Definitely. you know what these people need and cuz the worst type of personal trainer is the one that has like no system and just like shoots from the hip at all times cuz it's <laughs> like oh, what was that thing that worked really well? Like, oh, I kind of think it was this, but it's like, oh, like you got to record that if I can remember it, right? So that FMS is big for me. Um, another one is TPI. So that's Titleist Performance Institute. And this is really big for anyone who um, works in rotational sports, right? So it's, it's Titleist, so it's golf, um, but it's really not golf specific. It's more rotation based. Um, and Greg Rose, Dr. Greg Rose and, um, and those guys over there, they do a really, really good job. Um, of connecting the dots and even if you start with TPI like on their website and just look at their blogs if you are someone who works with baseball players with tennis players with really even anyone who throws um, or even like runners like there's rotation to running right and it's understanding so much work together right um, golfers any of that javelin throw whatever um, the TPI articles are a great place to start just because they teach you about the like biomechanics of rotation, which a lot of people don't go into. So I'll be getting that, you know, TPI cert in December, they come to Phoenix. So I'll be doing that. Um, and then the one that was really big for me that I don't actually think was CEUs was, uh, we have this thing out here. Uh, it's a marketing company called Loud Rumor. Um, and I think their president's name is Mike Arce. And uh, he puts on what's called GSD Con, which is Get Shit Done Convention. <laughs> uh, but it was in its second year, and he brought in a ton of leaders in like the fitness industry because he's like a fitness marketing company. And they talked just business. And like they talked about um, different ways to kind of like update your experience, different ways to get in you know, leads or whatever it is. And so like each person had a different Thing, you know, different 45 minute talk, whatever. I still follow probably like four or five people from there, listen to their podcast and all that. And they give you a totally different perspective on fitness because a lot of trainers, they know what they need to know to get someone better. They know how to coach a squat. They know how to coach a hinge. They know how to help someone lose fat, right? But they don't know how to help hundreds of people. They only know how to help 20 people at a time, right? right. So getting that business down and kind of learning that's something i'm try, still trying to do like day in day out like i'm no nowhere near perfect um but looking for conventions like that where like you can go and meet people and you can go and you know get a little bit like put your business head on that's been really big for me because it it ups your value as a trainer so now if you're working for a company and you're you're better at bringing in people and you're getting higher sales higher closing rates not only are you making more money you're helping more people and you're also your bosses think you're all-star <laughs> and then you know it just makes life easier so that would be what i would say is stick to you know maybe get a screening one in your belt stick to things you're interested in and that will help move your client's needle forward and are very versatile and then look into some business stuff and just see what's out there because even if they're little webinars and stuff like that like opening yourself up just from that one thing i got you know multiple continuing ed opportunities from it. so that's big definitely that's awesome yeah okay um so obviously you probably move your brain and your body all the time, but what, I guess we'll change this question up just a little bit. What's your favorite way to move your brain or body, but with your body, what's your favorite like lift to do? Okay. Let's see. Moving my brain. Um, you can kind of go two ways with this question. And I, my wife hates when I do this. I always go just like, I'm like, well, what about this? <laughs> right. Um, but so for moving my brain, like a lot of times I try to read just a, 
any book I can get my hand on, but try not to, I try not to read like specific things that are like, you know, oh, try this progression or whatever. Cause it's like, I can try that out of the gym, like regardless. And like, I have my things that I do and, you know, I'm still learning and there's other ways to get that information. So like right now I'm reading, you know, why we sleep. Um, I'm reading, I read, you know, something about, I forget the name of the book right now, um, but it was about kind of the neural pathways and how, you know, you can never delete, um, you know, your old neural pathways. They always exist, but you can just like put more and more on. And like, so that's why deadlift is, you know, hard because people always revert back because that, that thought process is still there. Right. So the point I'm getting at with this is moving my brain is I try to get in that, like read books about like lifestyle and health from a different perspective. So not, you know, always just like, well, we did, you know, X, Y, and Z sets of reps and this is the, you know, the data or whatever, like trying to get, go into like the best person in the field in, you know, that perspective, that respective spot and reading their book and then continuing on from there. So it's like reading the book is one thing, going to a seminar is another, and then getting like one-on-one coaching is like the best thing you can do, right? It's not going to be possible for everybody, but if you do like a book or something like that, that person, if they've written a book, they've written tons of other stuff. So you can kind of like go down the rabbit hole with that. So I would say I'll move my brain that way and just, you know, going outside of my comfort zone and trying to find, know different books and stuff that kind of move the needle for me um and then another way we do it is with lifting actually is like you can move your brain with like high cns involved lifting right so like lifts that are really taxing because they require balance and single leg stability and they're requiring every joint in the body right it's like not only are you physically exhausted after it but mentally you're just like wow like that was a lot. Um, so that's another way that like I'll move my brain is like just making, um, you know, some of the lifts that we're doing, just having them have like a high CNS requirement. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's not just about, can I move my body this way? It's like, can I replicate it? Can I actually hardwire it into my brain? And like, that's why you know, with a lot of people, when you start with them, if you start with something that complicated, they'll get really frustrated because they just can't piece it all together. So that's a hard to combine the two and then awesome. favorite lift um oh god uh, it's probably just a single leg rdl to be completely honest um and the reason i love that lift so much is because it was the there's a day a specific day in my life where i found my glute <laughs> and like it's such a weird thing to say like i had lifted forever and you know ever since like freshman year of college or whatever and like squatting and all that stuff. And like my legs got bigger and that's great. Right. But it was actually like two years ago where I was doing like a double dumbbell, like single leg RDL. And I was just moving really slowly through the eccentric portion. And then like, I felt my glute stretch and catch and then it moved my, my leg back up. And I was like, wait a minute, that's like how you do that. <laughs> and so like, I've always loved that lift because it's just like such a good developer of the posterior chain. It requires yeah. a lot of, a lot of coordination, a lot of different things going on, but it was also like a groundbreaking thing for me because I always suffered from back pain and all that stuff until I got, you know, doing what I'm doing now. Um, and so that was kind of a, a lift that one day I was just like, holy crap, like I get it. <laughs> like we talk about connecting the dots all the time. And that was one where it's just like, boom, like, oh my God, I got it. And That's awesome. That day on, I've loved those. I keep them in my program like three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? And everything you talked about, the books you mentioned, I'm going to put in the show notes, but I'm also going to put, like, you have a video on the hinge, and we talked about the hinge. I'll put that in the show notes, awesome. all that stuff, so people can check it out. Um, yeah. So where can people find you? What's your Instagram, and how can people contact you if they want to train with you in Arizona? Absolutely. So I'll give you actually a couple things. So, um, so my Instagram is C underscore read dot fit. So read is R E E D. Um, and you know, on Instagram, most of the time I'm just posting how to videos and just trying to break movements down for people. I'll, I'll get a little golf specific, a little life specific sometimes, but most of the time it's just those kind of videos. And I do, I do a lot of trivia, which people love, um, in my stories. So that's good. So C underscore read dot fit. Um, you can find our website at ignitethp.com. Um, and so that's our website, Tatum Human Performance is uh, who we work for. Um, and their Instagram or the, the company Instagram is um, ignitethp. Um, so a lot of those are going to be, you know, similar stuff like that. And then what we do, so we use Team Builder. Are you familiar with Team Builder? No. Okay. So we use Team Builder as our programming software, um, but we actually have, um, they do a really cool thing. It's easy join codes. 
And so we have basically like two week trials that are out where you can basically we've made two programs, one for mobility, one for stability, where it uses lifting and you kind of kind of self-assess your, you know, yourself. Um, so I'll give you the join codes for those. Um, so oh. any of who want to try, all they do is download Team Builder and then it will say, do you have an easy join code? You click it, you put in the code and the password, which I'll give you for the show notes and it'll load a two week program for them. Um, and then we've got some content that goes on with them as well, but it's all free. It's something you can do in any Globo gym, any gym at all. Um, it's meant to just kind of give you an introduction. Um, and so if you do want to train with us, we do online training. Um, we do in-person training if you are in you know, Scottsdale area. Um, but the online training is really good. Um, we're kind of figuring out ways to bring it more to life. So um, start with the easy join code. Um, you can DM me um, or you can email me at chris at ignitethb. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, definitely put that in the show notes and I'll, I'll um, write that out and mention it to people I know too, because to be able to get a two week online program is so beneficial for so many people who especially may, maybe don't know what they're doing and want to just try it out. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on our show. This is awesome. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. Um, we went uh, we went a lot of places, which was good. I didn't yeah. expect it to kind of grow up, but it's it's fun to share my story and kind of uh, get people. It's talk to people who are excited about the same stuff as me. So um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I thank you for it. Yeah, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Join in every week as we release new episodes. Subscribe or leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts. If you have questions or topics you would like us to cover, please email moveyourbb at gmail.com or send us a message at our Instagram handles at megzy 72 and at Alina Kanner. Thanks for listening.